Hey, Sam. Hey, Julia. How's it going? Pretty good. Who did we talk to today? We talked to the amazing writer, Sam Salmond. If you think we also are pretty amazing, how would you guys feel about reading and reviewing us on the iTunes store? It would help us uh, get this uh, podcast to more people who like it like you do, but they just don't know they like it yet. Thanks. Thanks. Enjoy. <laughs> it is a funny thing, I guess, with being like interviewed. Like, I feel like we talk a lot on the podcast about like the way you present yourself in the world and how you like put yourself out there. And I feel like being interviewed, even if it's like the most casual way like this, is like a little more like presentational than like getting drinks or at least more like intentional. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it feels permanent, you know, or it's yeah. like, I say this thing that like, is the right thing to say or, or not? Well, that's, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a, it, I'm thinking about like Hamilton and like the difference between Hamilton and Burr mm-hmm. where like Hamilton is like, I'm going to say what I think and Burr is like, I'm going to hold back and like reserve, um, like not say the wrong thing so that like, I can ride whatever wave I want. And like, I don't know, I like, I've thought of, I've taken that to heart or I'm trying to take that to heart of like, like being willing to stand behind what I believe and like say it yeah, instead of just sort of like not, um, like, you know, being afraid to say the wrong thing because if it's something I really believe, how could it be the wrong thing, you know? Right. Or just like being, obviously like being honest and people responding to yeah I, you can tell like when someone's hiding some part or like trying to like spin some story that like right it's frustrating to watch and then also just like less interesting yeah I, I feel like i struggle with that, with that like with myself just sometimes of like how to be you want to be like a totally open person and then also like want to project some idea <laughs> of yeah. yourself i'm like um projecting is like always the wrong, wrong yeah. thing to do but like it's it feels like that's what we like learn when we're kids it's like i don't i don't and it's, it's what i learned is that like yeah. whoever i was wasn't that interesting so i had to like project something else and then or, or not not that it wasn't interesting but that like you know being different is like not okay and like you're trying to like yeah blend in as a kid and then like as an adult it's like oh no wait actually like be you right but, but like, also be you in like this really specific interesting niche yeah. way which is also hard yeah i think that like um so you guys know anna jacobs mm-hmm. and like of course i love her and um she is, is a good friend and like she always <laughs> talks about like when we first met and like one of the things that she liked about me was like i guess apparently that one day i was very <laughs> open uh-huh. and like just like she said that like I sat down and just like was like shooting shit and like talking about like how hard it was to actually make work happen and like do, do things and like um which is interesting that like now I feel like a lot of time you know, when I like meet people or people are like asking about your like craft you're like oh I'll spin this so this again sounds like the best version yeah. and like I sound like I'm doing great and like mm-hmm. not actually talking about like all of the struggle <laughs> in between yeah. or like any of the other moments um and then like that's obviously like the moments of like being vulnerable and being open are when you actually like connect with people and then become very good friends with them as opposed to just like a person who <laughs> passes by and you don't yeah. see you again. So and why do we still have that urge to like make everything seem like it's great all the time? Cause I do the same thing. Like when I run into someone I haven't seen in a while, it's like, I'm trying to make it sound like, even though like 
I, I literally ran into someone yesterday and like my January has been like terrible mm-hmm. and I've just been like sitting in my apartment crying. But um, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing this and this and like, it, like it just like doesn't, I didn't, like there was no reason to do that other than like you're told like if you don't always seem like you're busy, then like you're useless, yeah. you know? So why do we, why do we do that? And especially knowing that, like, when we're actually honest and vulnerable, like, good things come out of it, you know? Like, maybe if I had told him, like, oh, like, I don't really have anything going on, like, like, and I'm starting to feel like nothing's ever going to happen again, maybe yeah. he'd be like, oh, well, actually, I heard about this thing, and, like, maybe, you know? But, like, since I didn't say that, I didn't give him the opportunity to say that, you know? Yeah, but, like... I mean, both things could be true. I feel like there's obviously like so many sides. Like, if you were like, oh, "I'm doing nothing," and then like uh, that person would then think you're not like working or like right. an active person, right. and like, um, yeah, obviously you have to like project confidence and like, I don't know. It seems like so much of this business or whatever is like reputation or yeah. like, yeah, you want people to respect you or feel like you're doing it so maybe you're seeking it could be seeking validation or it can just be like oh you have to like convince people that like you're up at this level so then they like ask you to do things at that level or do you guys feel like you have like a good feel for what your reputation is no idea i feel like (laughs) i have no idea what mine is (laughs) that's interesting Uh, yeah and actually as i'm sitting here i don't no, I have an idea of what I think either of your reputations are either. <laughs> uh-huh. Just like what how I feel about you guys. But yeah. But I don't know I don't know if I have a sense that like how I feel is, is like the reputation at large. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I feel like most people have some sort of like like some sort of like identifying thing about them and like something positive. Like I feel like there's actually very few people in the business who, when I think of them, the first thing I think of is a negative thing. Sure. Which yeah. is yeah. comforting. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it is. I feel that way, especially. We've talked about this before, I think, but like when you do really feel compelled to voice like frustration about something in like any sort of theatrical endeavor. I get mm-hmm. so paranoid of being like labeled as difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have. Li- oh, go ahead. No, just like, but yeah, hardline. Sort of. I feel like it's like related to the vulnerability thing of like you want to be like authentic about like if something really feels wrong. Yeah. That you're not just like every and all thing is okay with me, but yeah, not without being like negative. And this is on my mind like all the time of like, um, it's hard to have like perspective on yourself and like to um know yeah know how you're coming across to other people and like especially I feel like as a writer I'm sure it also applies to like acting and all arts of like how to um voice like how to stand up for yourself and then how to um not be a diva and like, mm-hmm. like what's the line between those and like I I feel like I just am always like nervous that I'm doing the wrong thing or like I'm not nervous but I think I'm like most of the time like aware of two aspects of myself most of the time and like I think I and I think I do pretty well I think of like seeing both sides of an issue Mm -hmm. um but then it's kind of this like constant guessing game for me of like 
if I'm being a pushover or if I'm actually like standing up for myself. And like, I had like my like formative, one of my formative experiences like working in theater, um, I was doing the show and like it was the first preview of the show and um, there's a much longer version of the story. Tell the like <laughs> 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 um, So I, the first show I did, I was like 24 and um, I, I did the show and like um, the theater of the committee, like I did the show, I'll just say, it. I did the show with Will Aronson and like, I, I love, love this show. Oh, <laughs> thanks. And um, so we did the show and like, it was a crazy, crazy experience. And like, I had no idea like how the business worked at that point at all. And like literally I had never been, in, I was in grad school and like got the show before I finished grad school. Oh wow, I didn't and, realize like, that. It's it's like I, I at the time I didn't know this isn't how it's done, but it's <laughs> not how it's done for, and it's done not done this way for a reason. That um, I yeah I so I'm now making this longer and longer, <laughs> but um, so I was Bill Finn's assistant for the summer and was like writing these lyrics and these songs and like there were all these like personal stories and about my life and um, and then he was like you should you should do that a show and like to put that in the show and he paired me with Will. And we loved each other. To and pause writing. on that, because I mean, you write your own music a lot of the time. Was there any thought of like, why am I being paired with another person? Uh, no, because Will's a genius. Yeah, because Will's the best. Anyone yeah. who's paired with Will is like, hooray. Yeah. yeah. And I also wasn't at that time as confident in my own music writing. Um, so I was at a point then where I didn't really think I wrote music. And, um, but I kind, I kind of did, but was like happy to have someone else come do it. And Will is like a, a total genius and um, made that show something that I would never have been able to make it. Um, but so we got this show and like um, they agreed to do the show before we'd written it and like had written like half of a draft of the show. And they're like, great, we're doing it. Like I remember it was like December and they're like, we're doing it in like June or July. And like, wow. so Will and I were like, cool, we'll finish the show. And I was like in, still in grad school at this point and like, um, and didn't think any of this was weird and like um so wrote the show and we basically wrote the whole thing within like two or three months How? and like mo i mean we wrote like chunks but then like had this like one two three month period where we like okay here's the show and like um went into rehearsals for this thing and like never did a reading or anything of the show wow. and had like no development of it whatsoever um and this was all um but it, and it was this like <laughs> very like personal show too, and mm -hmm. was like literally my life on stage, and um, and so we were like in rehearsals, which was like a whole very chaotic, crazy experience because like it was <laughs> such a messy show, and like I was going through a lot like doing that show, just like personally like putting that show out there, and then also like doing my first ever like professional show at all, and like felt a lot of pressure in it, and like. Um, because we'd never developed the show at all, we were, I was like writing new drafts of the script like every night and would like go home, like we'd do rehearsal. I would like, would get notes. I would go write like a totally new version of the script like that night, bring it back in, like get notes and like change this whole thing again. And like, so crazy and like doing it. And like, um, this was all to lead up. The first preview of the show we did was the first time it had ever been in front of any audience ever in like any capacity. And was this like full like workshop production thing, and um, so we got these notes at the end about um, the ending of the show, and 
um, that it wasn't working and that um, this idea that I thought I was communicating at the end of the show was not coming across and it ended on this like really weird, sour note that um, the audience that first night left and was like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like this is like such an awful feeling. And like, and I'd never meant for it to be this feeling. I had, we had this like small moment where I thought like this character like makes this realization and then that was like lights down because he's made that realization. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, but like people can make those realizations without realizing like the audience needed that beat to like live in that realization for a second. Mm. Anyway, this also, so we got this whole, we got this note about like changing the end of the show. And I, I remember like sitting in the lobby talking to like the whole team and like director and like um, artistic director and to Bill and like um, the artistic director like really pushing us to change the show and like me um or the ending and like me kind of fighting for or like explain i was like no here's what i'm thinking like here's this and and just getting a lot of pressure like why well, you have to change like you need to change it and like this isn't working or whatever and um so i was like okay i'll just take this note in and um and then i overheard i so we finished the meeting and i was like getting ready to leave and i walked through this like back room and overheard the artist director saying to someone else why is this writer so difficult and I was like, I think about that moment a lot. And like, I, it was a moment, I was like, oh my God, am I, am I difficult? Like, I didn't think I was being difficult. And I like really internalized it in this way that oh, I felt like <laughs> terrible about. Um, but then now I don't like over the years it's changed. And now like at that moment I was like, I just felt like I was like constantly failing in that production. And it was just like, oh, I, well, I, I'm being difficult and I'm like also disappointing this theater and whatever. And, um, but then now like looking back on it, like now having had other experiences and like having developed shows in like other ways, like realize like, oh, I, that was like my first draft of a show. And so yeah. I, of course I didn't totally know <laughs> what I was doing in that one moment, but still think about that of like try to, how to, yeah, balance that and how to like s stand up for yourself and also like not be, someone that gets like whispered about in the hallways that you're yeah. being difficult. And I, I still don't have like a grasp on that. I think I, th I mean, that's on my mind, like almost any time I'm like, doing <laughs> a production. Of, like Endings are so hard. That was our big thing in our first production, which was pregnancy tact. Yeah, yeah. The biggest note we got after the production was people wanted to change the ending. People wanted different changed endings, but people were not <laughs> happy with the ending we had. And we dug our heels in as well. Yeah. And we were like, it's, important for us to sort of leave it sort of gray area yeah which i think yeah doesn't like you were saying with like audiences like i don't know if it was a sour feeling but it it changes yeah like the feeling you walk out with yeah i did also then go change that ending like <laughs> that night and it was better like, when it was changed <laughs> but yeah just that 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 thing of like trying to yeah figure out like if you're being difficult or if you're actually being like true to yourself and like i don't know how to stand up like do you struggle with like how to um Stand up for your own voice and then also like take notes, receive criticism and like grow, yeah. but also not like um, water down your work and not like have it be this thing made by committee, but have it be yourself. But you're also still aware of yes. <laughs> everyone's perception. I think it's so hard, especially when like if you are workshopping something, even if you bring something into a writer's room with like, you know, eight other smart people and you get four, you know, different perspectives already. It's like even just in that one reading, deciding what to pick and choose from. Yeah. Like you were saying about like watered downness. Right. It's hard, but yeah, you don't want to be totally intractable. Right, and it's also like uh, I don't know. It's uh, 
art form that's meant to be consumed by people and like it's meant to yeah. be it ha like you're the whole time like trying to guide this audience's experience so you want to make sure that audience is like having the experience you want them to have and like it's easy to like for me to like get stuck in my own head you know and like think oh this idea is being communicated because like of course I know the character like, feels this way or is doing that and then to like realize that's totally going over people's heads or like mm -hmm. they're not picking up on it that I need to change that but then how to not listen to like every person's <laughs> feedback all the time. It's interesting with music too because I feel like in general feedback you get less like music specific feedback. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like the feedback you get like one thing I've heard a couple of times and it's like I hear it and it's always in my head but it's hard for me to figure out what to do something with really is about like pace. Like I feel like I've gotten a lot of things of like, oh, a lot of your songs are in the same tempo range. Can there be more different tempos? Yeah. And like in any given song, I'll think about it. I'm like, I don't know. I have trouble pulling the trigger on it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, how do you respond to that? Like what, what is it? What does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of, it's sort of like someone saying like your height is bad to me a little bit. Right. I mean, not quite that bad. Obviously tempos are within my control, but like some things just feel like, yep, I can see how that would be bad. And at the same time, I don't feel totally able to immediately take it and like do a productive change with it. That's a yeah. really interesting thing because it's sort of like commenting on how all of the songs are working together within the whole of the show. Yeah. But then when it comes to looking at each individual song, as far as I'm concerned, you're always making the right call on about like how quickly it should be going. Mm -hmm. So like I like it's an interesting criticism because like it can <laughs> it's maybe true, yeah. but also like when you look at each individual case, like how do you change it? Right. You know? Yeah. I still think I, uh, I think about like like pacing of show is like an interesting and that like um I feel like you know, there's somewhat some or some maybe some sort of like formula to like the energy that a sh musical is meant to have. Mm -hmm. And like when you're meant to have like this many upbeat songs and like this many ballads and like don't have too many ballads. And like, <laughs> I just, I'm like personally in a place right now where I just only want to write ballads and like just have like <laughs> a lot of feelings. And like, I don't know, I've been thinking about that of like how to, um, that how to like balance that advice and yeah. like, um, that it seems true for like musicals, like you need to sing and you can't have it be down too much. But then I think about like, I go to like concerts or like listen to albums where I just like listen to these like moody, like folk artists. Mm. And like, I only want to live in that like ballad world for like two hours straight and like never feel bored and like can listen to them make the similar sort of song for like forever. That and, is like, such a good it. point. Like I can definitely listen to a whole cat power record and like right. feel great. Yeah. And it's not, he doesn't like have to open with this like big <laughs> splashy <laughs> right. song. Yeah. Why is that? Why do we have, different demands for like listening to an album than seeing a musical well they're they have different purposes right like a musical is like telling a story and an album is not necessarily mm -hmm. so i mean i guess it would like mean the characters then would mm. be moving slower mm. if like yeah if i don't i mean like a like an album like you can live in that like one emotion obviously like in one song you can live in that one emotion for the whole song and like you don't have to grow in any way um but if you're watching like a whole night of <laughs> characters not <laughs> growing <laughs> in the song like i don't know yeah but but tempo is still like not the same thing as like 
an, an emotion, you know, like right, yeah. all of all of the songs can be in sort of like a, a, a similar tempo range and still have like a, a wide variety of like expression, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's why, I don't know, that's why that comment make, makes me feel so weird. <laughs> it's also interesting because I feel like in terms of the way you write, like I remember, I don't know if you guys still had to do this when you were at grad school, but the mm-hmm. thing where you look at a musical and you make a chart of every song and you write down like the meter and the tempo and the this and the that and hmm. then you sort of see the map and how they all fit together. Mm. And like rarely when I'm writing a show do I have the luxury of being like, oh, well, this song fits like here in the larger map. I feel like right. I do think about it very moment to moment. Yeah. Also, like you can't think, I don't know, uh, you can't think about it too much like because I feel like it's always shifting and like That's true. Yeah. the moment I think about like, oh, I should write this song now um, and like this tempo or energy because mm-hmm. like the one before it was a ballad when you do it right. and like in the next draft we like totally switch the orders of the songs so totally it doesn't matter I don't know just it's just write whatever you want to write yeah. and, <laughs> and also like oh, I'm thinking of like in rehearsal for Lonely Squirrel like we discovered one or two or more songs like ended up being a different tempo than originally True. set out you know yeah yeah and like yeah and that's just a part of the process of of figuring it all out that's fine. I love when the discovering a new tempo makes something work better. Yeah. It's like free. You don't have to do any, you know, like extra work, <laughs> but now the thing's better. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, can we go back a little bit? Because uh-huh. one, like, one of the one of the one things I like, <laughs> one of the one things, <laughs> um, one of the things this I wanted, the thing. <laughs> one of the, the one things thing. I wanted to ask you about is like that show. I mean, like it was basically autobiographical right yeah, yeah like and that's i mean there are a lot of shows about like writers like that are like very broadly autobiographical but like i don't think there are many musicals that are like as autobiographical as yours right yeah yeah I, so I like know, is yeah. that so am i understanding correctly that like bill finn was just sort of like you should write something about your life or like how did that how did that come about um yeah i mean i was like um his assistant and like in his like lyric class that I was taking before and then like over the summer when I was like working with him um would just like on my time off like write lyrics and write songs and like I got to write a song like at his piano <laughs> which was like the coolest thing I was like this that is, is I'm like in coolest. love with this work and like yeah and I was like I, mean, I was like oh my god like Bill Finn's piano <laughs> um but yeah so I was like I would show him stuff as I was working on it and like just also just talk to him about my life and like the, I don't know, those particular crazy young stories. And, and yeah, and then he just encouraged to like keep, keep going. And I think like once there was, um, we had like a few songs, I think he started to see how it, that it fit into a bigger picture. And like we, or, and like we also wanted to make it into this bigger thing, but it was like shifting. At that point, it was shifting. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do like a cabaret that's like mm. songs about me. And then like, um, actually I was originally, yeah, just going to do a cabaret and like maybe work with different composers and then met with Will and like, again, just loved him and like, and he is so smart and, um, and he also, I remember him at the time just saying like, he didn't want to do it if it was like, if he was going to do like one or two songs, mm-hmm. but like wanted to make a whole thing. And I was like, well, let's make a whole thing then. <laughs> like, you're amazing. So of course I'll do it. Um, yeah. And so then it started like shifting into a full like book musical thing yeah did well, you I have conflicts of like 
when what you thought was going to like work best on stage for the show diverged from like the reality of your experience yeah it's a weird show because it's like really personal and very true and then also totally made up at the same time (laughs) and um so yeah i mean some of the best moments in the show are like things that never actually happened or like i took this one idea that happened and then like blew it up into something much more (laughs) dramatic Mm -hmm. or interesting was that funny with casting too with like casting the you yeah although it was a really surreal experience and um yeah, I have, like, a lot of feelings on that show. And I was just hanging out with Will the other night talking about it and, like, whether we would ever want to try and do it again or oh, wow. not. Or <laughs> um, that, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's It was a really, like, emotional experience to do it. And, um, yeah, I, at the time, so I wrote the whole show about, like, my relationship with my mother. And, like, um, we weren't talking at the time. And I wrote the show about, like, this whole period of us not talking to each other and um and then like the show was like going into production or like into like casting and stuff while we still like weren't talking oh wow and um so yeah my brother came into town one night and we like got drinks and we're you know talking about like this whole thing and like you guys should like reconcile and um and so um, he, yeah, he, he told me, he was like, if you want to, um, if you want to talk to her, like she wants to talk to you and I'll let her know she, like she wants to, she thought you didn't want to talk. So like, um, if you want, if you want to, like, she's going to call she'll call you tomorrow. And this was like, about, we had like two or so years where we weren't talking and, um, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's talk tomorrow. And I had <laughs> callbacks for casting the role of my mother <gasps> the next day <laughs> and in the show i had written this fake ending where um my character gets this was had not happened and but i wrote this ending to the show where my character gets a phone call from his mother and and then it's like the whole last song was like the mother like doing this phone call and then my character in that draft which we then changed like hanging up on her and like that was the end of the show and it was like he's a monster but then he like knew he was a monster and that was like meant to be some realization mm-hmm. um but so we had callbacks for the role of my mother during the day and i knew like the moment i left auditions i was gonna go talk to my mom and every actress that came in did that phone call <gasps> so i sat through this like made-up phone call with my mother oh. about reconciling like knowing i was about to go have that phone call with That's my mother crazy it was Weird. And yeah, it was, it was nuts. It was like complicated <laughs> to like go through and was, uh, yeah, that show was like very much alive and like in the moment because we like wrote it so fast and like wrote it like fully in the emotions, even without like the benefit of time and like years of growing up and like actually understanding the situation better. Um, so yeah, so I feel like at the time I was 24, like wrote this like true like honest version of the show but that was also like immature because i was 24 and like didn't really understand everything about what was going on that um yeah we touched it a couple of times over the years after and like i think it always like grew into something else and changed um but it's it's a weird show and like i I, yeah i don't know we never like really really pushed it after barrington we sort of had that like first draft that we sent out to a couple of people when we came back and then like 
didn't and I yeah I don't know if I would want to now or not or yeah I don't I it's a weird show (laughs) (laughs) wow that's wild (laughs) oh man well I mean like part of the reason I'm asking is because like you told us like you weren't sure you were interesting enough to talk to us for an hour but at the same time you've written an autobiographical show you know what I mean so like where did how did uh how, like, how did that, uh, I don't know what I'm asking. Like, it's like a conflict. I, uh, I, to me, I feel like I'm someone who like, I feel that show was a weird experience that like, I'm, I think I'm a pretty like reserved person, but then also was like literally my entire life, like every embarrassing, like terrible secret, like famous secret, whatever, like, right. let's just do it. And like, let's sing about it. And like, it was, yeah, it was weird. And like, I would be in rehearsals and like, the actors would be like doing these scenes. It was like, oh, this was like a terrible moment of my life. And um, and now you know this thing that I wouldn't have told you, like if I'd known you for like a year or two, maybe I would have told you this thing happened. Um, but I don't, it felt exciting to do it and like felt brave to do it. But also it's like, I don't, there's part of me that thinks it's like egotistical or like self-absorbed to do it as mm. well. As well. <laughs> I don't think that's true. At yeah. all. I feel like it's like you were saying before about the like the way to make connections with friends is being vulnerable and you know, the way to like make connections with audiences is to like tell them a true thing you know about. Yeah. I have this like and Will and I were just talking about this, but like um what I wonder about that show and we haven't pushed it enough to like know, but I feel like I got the sense from some people that like because I was a young writer and was writing about myself, I think like it just seemed like closed off or like not aware of like the a bigger picture or just seems like it's hard to like not be like masturbatory with your work mm-hmm. and like have to do something that you're only doing this for yourself and like working out your demons and how to have that to do that and like to be honest and like put yourself out there but also do work that's like very much for other people to connect to and relate to and like I mean, I think we always thought it was a story that other people would find their way into and like other people have mothers and relationships <laughs> and um, but yeah, I don't know. I it's something I wonder like if I was gonna do it now, if I would, because I full on just put my name in the characters and like everything, and like uh-huh. if I would change that now, I think mm-hmm. I would probably change that now because I think mm-hmm. the perception of it is like, oh, this writer is just like very into himself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think? I don't know. I'm trying to remember in the Bill Finn show, A New Brain. He's Gordon, but it rhymes with Finn, right? Schwinn. Right. Schwinn, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, you know, I don't know like how much like obscuring it. Like, when it's clearly autobiographical anyway. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that show. I love that <laughs> show yeah. so much. Yeah. I'm also just the biggest Bill Finn fan, and, like, when we got to go to school and work with him, it was very yeah. star-studded. I mean, he's, like, why I went to NYU. So I, wow. I love him, yeah. And was it weird? Did you have the switch of, like, learning to call him Bill Finn? Because you keep seeing his name as William Finn. Yeah, totally. I was, like, I felt like I was, like, so cool. I was like, oh my God, it's like, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first time he would talk about like liking the Westminster dog show or liking Project One Way, Runway, being like, I know a detail about William Finn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he was also like my first. I mean, he's been like uh, incredible to me. And like, is I, for me, like the reason I, I can trace like any work that I've gotten over the years back to like Bill on and like huh. to Bill, like giving me that chance that summer to like do that show. Um, then, like, led to that person saw the show, and now I'm, like, doing this show with them over here, and, like, um, in a way that it all comes back to him, and, like, also, like, 
all of my work comes back to him in this way that he's sort of the reason I like really wrote musicals and um so yeah it was like but he was my first person like um who I like was in awe of and like in love with their work and then like met as a human and like saw like oh human beings make this thing and like I I'm a human being I could <laughs> I could make that thing <laughs> too and he's yeah he's like a not some I mean he is also a god but like also not a god at all <laughs> <laughs> well I guess I'm curious like so na- so now like wh- how do you choose um your projects like how do you think like oh that's what I want to write about now you know what I mean mm-hmm um, I have feelings and I just try and follow feelings uh-huh. and, um, yeah, I don't, and like, I guess just building, building relationships and like having, it's, if it becomes an idea that like is stuck in my head and like I'm obsessed with it and I keep thinking about, then I'll go with it. And I feel like, you know, every now and then you have an idea of like, oh, I should write a musical about this. And then like two weeks later, you're like, oh, that's a terrible idea. And like, uh-huh. I didn't even think about that. But like, if it's something that you like keep coming back to and like feel emotional about and I yeah I guess I just try and like find work that feels important and feels like it's something I feel like I have to say now and something that I feel personally connected to and like um but uh, yeah and uh, I don't always work about like outsiders and um I try and write like queer stuff as much as possible yeah Um, I was gonna ask about that too yeah what's yours I mean, uh, I'm just curious, like, is that, like, do you feel like you have, like, a mandate as, like, a queer writer to write about queer things, or is it just, like, your interest? Um, uh, both, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's what I want to do, and it's, I was, it's something that I feel I wish I would have had growing up, and mm-hmm. so I want to put that out there, and, like, there's still, like, I feel like there's still so much, obviously, like, work to be done with, like, true complicated complex queer characters like taking center stage in musical theater it feels like nuts to me that like musicals aren't more like queer gay Mm -hmm. lgbtq (laughs) than they like are because it seems so like everyone in it is like yeah there's so many Hmm. people are like in the rainbow and like then it's just not actually reflected and that there are some examples that are hugely you know like Hedwig or something is like a huge beloved success so it's not as if it's like commercially so scary, you would think. Right, yeah. You would think. You would think. <laughs> right. I want to talk about the other half of that, about like outsidery stuff, in part because I want to talk about something that I've been so curious about and never gotten to go to, which is Uncool the Party. Uh huh. <laughs> which, if I understand it right, like, so I love that, the Do I Stand Alone song, I love <laughs> so much. Oh, thanks. And my interpretation of, I think, like, from, again, like knowing some of the music and seeing it from the outside, is it being sort of about like outsider experience of maybe not feeling like very obviously included, but in this very sort of what ends up being like boisterous, inclusive thing? Is yeah, that yeah. the vibe? Yeah, I, it was a lot of fun to do. And like, that's the show I would love. I have, like, I know how I want to rewrite it and just haven't, I feel like if I took like a couple of weeks to rewrite it, I could get a much better version of it. And I want to do it, but I have not put that at the front of like what I'm working on now. But, um, yeah, the idea was always, like, this party where you hang out in this room and, like, I don't know, I, I'm, like, terrified of, like, social situations mm-hmm. and, like, parties. and that, but With I, good reason. They're terrifying. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I, I always wanted, I wanted to do a show that was, like, um, 
inclusive and like in every every sense of like possible and um that the show was like that yeah you go into this room and like you hang out and you're like ideally drinking and like kind of like playing some games and like the show is like yeah this collection of songs and like uh, monologues and like games in between and like I love that there's games yeah and we would do like um like uh follow the leader like while like one actress like singing a song and like the whole audience like follows him around the room doing the same and like and um and like this confessional aspect to it too that it's like structured in this way where I like wrote these monologues about like okay I'm gonna write about like this one one experience where I felt um out of place or I felt embarrassed in public and then like um and then we would have like the actors um separate we're everyone into groups and then like they would also then just share their own story mm -hmm. like with this group based on this prompt and we would ask people to write down we had like certain questions that were like all like negative things about <laughs> your childhood mostly or past of like you know like what's like a name someone called you as a kid or um, what's quality you like didn't like about yourself or something and like um we'd write them down and the whole like the idea of the show was like I love audience participation in theory and hate it in practice <laughs> and I'm like terrified of it and like never want to be singled out but it's what I love about theater is like the whole thing is participation and is people making this thing up there and you get to like change it just by being in the room with them yeah. um but I never want to be embarrassed or like put on spot or like made to answer something in front of other people or do something silly mm -hmm. um, but it was all like crafted to like slowly like guide you into the circle and like get you opening up more and you would have these answers that you would write down on this like little slip of paper that was like just for you and you never had to share it with anyone and then like the end of the show was we would um rip up the paper and like um, throw it in the air and it turned into confetti and we had this like dance party underneath <laughs> the confetti and it was like we're gonna take these things that like make us uncool or make us like strange or feel outsiders and like realize that's actually what makes us amazing like and turn into a celebration of those things that's so cool it was fun it was a fun <laughs> thing to do and like i hosted it when we did it like a couple times and like that was an experience for me um we did like one night where because it was like open an open bar I think the first time we did it was open bar. I think the second time we are like, we'll slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> and um, these guys that like, came, I don't know how they got, I think they were like maybe friends of a friend, but there were these like bro guys who came to the show and I was like, I don't know who, the, who these people are and how they found out about this thing in the musical theater factory. This was like when I was in like a porn studio right. mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know how they got here, but like, great. And, um, and they were like, um, yeah, into the show, and, like, they were, like, yelling during, like, it was active, and so they would, like, yell, and I was, like, trying to figure out how to, like, include them, but also, like, control them in some way, or, like, uh -huh. not get them to, like, derail the entire yeah. show, um, but I remember, like, doing this one speech, and then, like, getting off stage, and, like, I would always, like, finish my part, and then go, like, kind of, like, hide in the corner and get ready for the next part, and, like, try and figure out my lines, what I'm going to say next, and, like, one of the guys just coming up to me and, like, started talking to me. And, like, <laughs> I was, like, why is this stranger talking to me right now? And I realized I'd just been talking to him, like, through the mic for, like, five minutes. So, like, he feels like he knows me. So, of course, he's going to talk to me. But it was a, a weird thing to, yeah, yeah realize he was, a, I don't know, a human. Or I was still yeah, yeah. a human or, like, was not the separate thing up there in, than offstage. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Do you feel like the more, I'm going to dovetail into your favorite topic, that the more you like build this like vibrant, rich, amazing community of like theater people that you work with, that like that authentic outsidery feeling like diminishes at all? No, I think it's always there. And like, yeah, yeah, that's probably just my own problem that I need to work (laughs) through. But yeah, I I think it's, it's, I think, I, I mean, I think everyone probably has it of like, feeling like an imposter or yeah. feeling like you're not actually meant to be here or like even like honestly like part of me was like worried about like doing this podcast so I was like <laughs> I'm gonna show up and like suddenly like trip up in some way or like then suddenly it's like I'm I just I yeah I definitely have like the imposter syndrome of like worrying that like any moment is the moment people are gonna realize I'm actually terrible at this <laughs> and like I've been tricking <laughs> everyone into like any success anything like so far I'm right there with you but one thing that really helps me is like hearing like people that i really admire like are going through the same thing Uh, uh does that like does that help you at all i i think i'm trying to slowly understand it's like a universal experience and like but then it like ties back into the the like perception of self of like how to be confident and not like to not like give in to like thinking i don't belong and like assert myself enough to like have space in the room um, but also then not overtake the room and, like, right. make space for everyone else, too. Right. <laughs> I feel like anyone who's even, like, one of their threads is how do I make sure there's space for everyone in the room, I feel like is not going to bulldoze the room. I feel like the people who really take over a room don't have that as one of their concerns. Mm. But what if they do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I would also think that's true, but, like, I don't know. Uh, this is maybe after, but, like, that I've... I was listening to, no, this is a terrible road to go, but we'll see. We can cut it. But um, <laughs> the, um, I listened to, do you guys listen to the Daily podcast, the like New York Times podcast? Mm-hmm. No. Um, it's great reporting. And like they did an episode on the um, Washington like memorial incident with the kid in the MAGA hat and about um, everyone in this um, conflict came into left it thinking they were the victim and um i was i don't know that was like really upsetting to me to see that and to me like watching it seemed like so clear well like that that guy's a bully and like he's yeah bullying that older man and like <laughs> i know what he's doing i know that look and i know that feeling and like he knows what he's doing we all know it but like then they were playing these like talk show clips of these like really right-wing um talk shows talking about it. and i just said the word talk a million times <laughs> and um about like, oh, this is, see this as, as an attack on like these Catholic boys and this is an attack on Christianity. And it was like very dangerous to me to like see that and to realize like it's not as clear cut as like, oh, this person is just an asshole mm-hmm. and like they must know they're an asshole. But like that person who's an asshole actually thinks they're in danger or thinks yeah. they're being victimized in this situation. It reminds me of, I was reading this summer, the book The Idiot not the Dostoevsky, but the Elif Badaman, I think is her name. And she's describing the scene where in elementary school, it's a classroom and they're watching Dumbo. And our, our narrator realizes with horror that everybody loves the movie and empathizes with Dumbo, even like the class bullies. Everyone thinks that they're Dumbo. Right, mm. yeah. Which there's, a, that's the negative version of that is, yeah, everyone can use that and then wield that to like diminish other people. <laughs> right. Um, but the positive side is everyone <laughs> relates to being an outsider. I don't know. 
but then like translating this back into like having having conversations in the rehearsal room and standing up for yourself like how do you use that knowledge to like get everyone on the same page you know what i mean like uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm like going down the wrong track here but like I, I guess i'm asking like if you feel like you have an idea about what the show should be and you feel like maybe your collaborators have different ideas like um instead of it having to turn into a conflict or like you coming off as a bully or um taking over the room by voicing your opinion like how can you like create a situation where it feels much more collaborative and everyone can sort of feel like they're being heard you know yeah i mean i think i would like at this point i um I, I would never try and like assert my idea on someone else and like I feel lucky enough to like have collaborators and to now like have assembled like a group of people or at least have worked with some people that like I totally trust them and like know yeah. what they would do and like I wouldn't I would never want to say like this is what this is what this should be and like you need to get on board with this of course um, yeah but which is then maybe that's um simplifying it but um I I guess I'm try I try and like with my work like receive things that um if this isn't going the way I want if this song like isn't working how I thought that song would work like what can I give that person to um like guide them yeah. or mm -hmm. to um or what do I need to change so that person has a different track to go down and like trusting that that person to like give themselves and like um do like an honest take of it and like uh, i i would ideally be working with someone who i know is a genius and is gonna yeah. make yeah. something great and so if they're like faltering at some point then i can fix that or fix my thing so they can like do their marvelous thing yeah it's it it like really comes down to like trusting your collaborators right yeah, yeah. which is hard sometimes if you are in a room where you've you know you're meeting everyone for the first time it's hard to have that like instant trust yeah you know like if you're lucky you're in a room with like everyone who you've known and worked with for so long and but, like that's not always the case yeah. yeah and especially like in especially like in workshop scenarios where there's just like is no more than like 29 hours for right. example like like do you have enough like if you if you don't have that trust with your collaborators like do you have time to get on the same page you know right <laughs> yeah and i i guess i like haven't been in like high stakes enough situation to like feel totally crazy about it like i think i'm able i hope i'm able to like let go enough and like kind of know sometimes like doing this reading or something like this actor just doesn't get it or something and like mm -hmm. they're not going to get it and like i can't put my energy into that and like mm. i would just accept like that's what i know about this version and like most of the time we'll know I guess I'm trying to like, well, like foolproof is that the or like my yeah. work. And so now I know like next draft, um, get a better actor <laughs> and also like make sure I have enough stuff in the, in the show and in the script and in the music so I can protect it from someone. And like, ideally, I don't know, like ideally I'd be making work that like is done in community theater someday and like yeah. is still the same ish show. And like, yeah. um, yeah. So just putting as much, into my work as I can. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, but that also sounds like you have, like, 
you do feel very strongly about your work you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but then at the same time you're saying like sometimes you're in the room and you're afraid to voice what you're what you're thinking about it I feel like I'm a terrible combination of like very confident and like absolutely embarrassed by like anything I've done ever (laughs) I'm right there with you (laughs) and like I feel like that's just I don't know being an artist and like finding that that balance that like of course like you love what you're doing because like I don't know, like especially for writing it's like I I, lo- I love myself and like because I like make this thing that's like specifically tailored to me this right, is the only right. thing that exists in the world that's exactly what I want mm-hmm. music to sound like so of course like I love that but then also like how do you take that and then also um yeah I guess then sometimes I think I also yeah I feel like I'm doing this weird thing that doesn't make sense and like other people are always doing it right and I just have yeah. this strange little thing that <laughs> yes I felt that exist. way too yeah I feel that way too I mean it's different as an actor but I feel similarly yeah <laughs> and what does that look like for you what oh just like um sometimes I'm like I'm the only person who can bring my experience to this role and like what I'm bringing is interesting and then other times I'm like everyone else would do this so much differently than me so like my way must be wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean right even though of course everyone would do it differently because they're all coming from a different place and like that doesn't make my you know what I'm bringing to it invalid right um but it's it can be easy to feel that way sometimes but it is like I don't know I feel like doing theater is like a very egotistical act (laughs) in a way that it's like being an actor, you're like, there's a part of you that's like, oh, I, I want, I think, like, this audience of people should pay to watch me for <laughs> a couple <laughs> of hours, or, like, this audience should pay to watch something I wrote. I think, like, I have something interesting enough to say. Yeah, but, but it's, but it's also, like, it. in, in, a, in a twisted way, I also think of it as, like, completely not egotistical, Absolutely. because, yeah, like, totally. it's, I mean, for both, but, like, as an actor, I think of that as, like, they're not paying to see me. They're paying to see this character I'm playing, you know? And like, um, there is something egotistical about being like what I bring to this character is the best way for them to experience this character, I think. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but at the same time, like if I were up there and people were like, um, thinking that it's all about me, I would be mortified because my goal is to like tell the story as best I can. And if like like, I'm peeking through, that's a problem for me. Which is why I can never convince you to do, like, the Sam Held Cabaret. Oh, I mean, there are plenty of reasons why I don't want to do that <laughs> other than that. But, but yeah, that's a part of it, I guess. Um, Not that I've been campaigning so hard uh, for that thing. <laughs> I was going to say something else, too. Um, I was curious, just in the comb through of work stuff, I was reading about 86. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that your first time, like, adapting from a novel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fun to have that scaffolding or is that like constraining in that so much is like predetermined? So I didn't write a book for that. Um, um, So this guy, Jeremy King wrote a book for it, who is a genius. And um, it's, it's nice to, it's been nice to have. And like this, yeah, the structure of the book is like not, um, it's not like a really plot heavy book. So I feel like Jeremy took it and made a strong plot out of it. Um, which was exciting and was why I wanted to like work on the show with him. But it's nice to that show that book just allowed enough freedom to like 
craft our own thing that, that came from that material. Um, and it's a nice thing to like check back in with every now and then if I'm like, oh, mm. I need a lyric. I can just like read the, I'll just steal <laughs> that line. <laughs> like, Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. And, like, I love that. Um, yeah, but it, it didn't feel like, that one especially didn't feel like limiting. In, in I was also way. curious just because I was listening to the demos online. What did you make? Like what program did you make those tracks on? Um, SunLogic. Nice. Yeah. I'm an Ableton person and I'm always curious about like who's using what and how. Uh-huh. I love it. I've only like really started using Logic like in the last couple of years and it's so, it makes so much sense to me and like mm. that um, I feel like you're over the past couple of years like maybe I was just doing it wrong before but it seems like there's this shift where it's so easy to make demos now or like you can make like really good quality demos just at home like on your I feel like I both understand how that's possible and have not leveled up to where I'm doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Why is that? Or what does that mean? Um, I guess it's some of the samples I have are not right. Like there's, we just did some at home demos where there's a banjo and I just don't have a good banjo sound and I have all these weird things that don't really sound like a banjo. Sure. And I think I'm also not either not putting enough time or just not skilled enough to sort of bring the nuance back into like yeah a midi exact rendering yeah and i guess like most of the stuff i've done has been like 80 sounding mm. or like has a synth layer to it anyway mm-hmm. so it works for that and like yeah i don't do like a lot of like real instrument which i stuff. think is the way like the show the reason i learned ableton was to do the show red bad get me and the yeah, reason yeah. part of the reason i wanted like nothing that correlates to a live instrument is because it just feels less exciting and successful like right. translating it into the digital world. Yeah, but then you can make this thing that feels complete just at home without having to like spend a ton of money like getting a band or like hiring like renting a studio and that kind of stuff. Um, I love the like the drummer program on Logic that does that like it has like an automatic drummer that has Ooh. been so helpful. How does I'm, that like, work? What d- what's the input to it? I mean, it's just like <laughs> Um, this like track that you put out and that um, it just like you select um, style that you want and it's oh. like R&B or like rock or like alternative and then like it's structured in a way where like I get it because I, I just have like have feelings and it has just like almost like silhouette like headshots of different drummers <laughs> and it's like I'm Kylie I play like Californian rock <laughs> and like and you just like click on the person and then like within that like they so they, they'll have a drumming style and then you can choose like 10 different like drumming styles patterns within that and then you can go through and like edit each thing like um there's like just um, a graph that i don't know i'm it's not visual (laughs) but there's a graph that you can like just adjust uh more complex or like Mm -hmm. uh, more sparse Mm -hmm. and um and then click on like like, favorite toms or like favorite hi-hats or yeah you can like it has a drum set and you can see like these measures like only bass drum or like take the bass out for this and like I love it and like I feel like for me like within half an hour you can get a song that suddenly feels like an actual like rock song where like drums I don't understand enough to like do any sort of good drum track like on my own so I can just be like I'll have Chad play drums for (laughs) me Kylie coming on in oh my god that's so funny I remember what I was gonna say we were talking about um what the act like the egotism of whatever and Mm -hmm. like i remember what i was gonna say like when i get an audition or something what i have to do is like like imagine myself like in the world of that role right or like or like in the world of that show like as that role 
And like, I think there's something really interesting about like, I have to picture this whole world for myself. And then like, it could turn out that the director sees it completely differently. Sure. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes that's happened where like, I had one take on a thing. I don't get the job. And then I like see the production and I'm like, mm. well, that's why I didn't get the job. Cause like <laughs> it didn't fit into this whole world that they created. Yeah. Um, and so like, a- and, and like, it just leads back to that thing of like, there is an egotism of like trusting that like what I bring is valid, but then also the selflessness of like, but it still has to fit into this whole bigger yeah. picture. How do you like, what's like a successful way how do you like to receive or like work with people or like directors like and what sort of feedback do you want or like what well, do you feel like helps you i've been thinking about that a lot lately because i saw a play um a couple days ago where i know that if i had just been given the script of that show i would not go anywhere near where the style of that show um uh landed mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, and like my, my assumption, and maybe that's a wrong, it was, it was a very, very physical show. And like, but also like a text heavy show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like my assumption is that most of the actors who came in also wouldn't have ended up where the show ended up. Mm-hmm. And I've just been thinking a lot about like, how did that audition process go? And mm-hmm. like, how did they get those, like, did, did they either just like work with actors they'd worked with before who they knew would like really embrace this like physical style or did they have to like have these conversations and more of like a workshop aspect to an audition where it's like, actually this is the style we want to go for. Mm. Um, but most of my experiences have been um, uh, readings and workshops. So it's less about the physical um, experience and more about just like getting the tone right sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. And um I don't know. I tend to sort of like my, my experience has been like, I just sort of have to feel it out. Like, even if I, like there have been experiences where I come in and I think we're landing, I think we're headed for a very different tone from where we land. But like if the director can sort of like lead the ship, mm-hmm. um, steer the ship and um, get us all on board, like I'm totally like happy to, to follow. What are like good, ex- I mean, you don't have to name it, but like what's like a good example of like how someone has led you in a, down like a better path or someone is a bad example of like how someone's like fucked you up oh well i don't think anyone's really fucked me up which is nice (laughs) like one thing that i like think of all the time is like stephen brackett i've been working on this show with him for a long time and we came to one workshop of it and there's a scene where it's like um the four kid characters playing a band together Uh and like they're all kind of like ragging on my character and like we were like, it was sort of playing, like everyone just sort of like hated me (laughs) and they were just like ragging on me. And like, I was like receiving that with like this, like very like, um, like a lot of animosity. And he literally in one sentence, he was like, I think this is that kind of thing where like, you know, you can all like tease each other and like maybe he gets the brunt of it, but everyone loves each other. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's all, you know, from a place of love Mm -hmm. and like, instantly it transformed how that scene played and the dynamic between all of the characters yeah. and the tone um, shifted in like in a way that was so much more effective for the story that was being told. Yeah. Um, and it sometimes just takes that one sentence and uh, um, it was great. I think he's the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, 
I also, I don't know. I mean, it, that was also in a workshop. So it's, it's also like, you don't necessarily have the time to, uh, to really like nail down tone. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I also think it's so important in a workshop because like, if nothing else, then you can at least convey that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. Do you feel like, do you guys have like, um, how do you choose like who you want to work with in any sense? Like how, what do you look for like in collaborators or coworkers or whatnot? I'm really curious to hear you answer that. I mean like at, in, at my place in my career, I'm, I'm not often in a place where I get my pick. Yeah. But like I do have preferences, but like I'm curious to hear you answer like how do you pick? Well, I, I don't know if I'm like really getting to like pick <laughs> pick, but like. But you do like you make choices like who you're collaborating with, like on the book. I'm for sure. Example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, uh, like, mm, yeah. I mean, it just openness, I guess, and people and like people who are excited to try things and like it's easy to talk to and like with like yeah with collaborators. Um, I, I mean, I'm only working with like a few people, but yeah, going to a project. Um, I guess if there's like an emotional connection to it, I'm like, I want to like, if I sit down with someone to like talk about this idea and we both have like strong, strong feelings, then that seems like a good idea, like a good thing to follow together. And like, um, yeah. And then they also have to be someone who like, you have to have like a common enough language where it matches up where like they can understand what you're saying because I feel like I speak in like broken sentences or just like gibberish a lot of the time and like working with someone who hears that and is like, oh yeah, this totally means this thing. And um, yeah, but like, I guess like feed pushes you to be better <laughs> yourself yeah. too. Yeah, um, I definitely love that feeling of like, I feel like the weakest link in the room mm-hmm. and like I need to like push to rise to that level of everyone mm. else. Yeah. That's something I get excited about yeah 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 i'm doing um the show i'm doing with jenny stafford Do you know jenny yeah. yeah um that we had like we started writing it because i'd written like one song and then like <laughs> uh we were at this like house in connecticut and we we're like hanging out on the balcony and um or on the porch and um and i just like played her this demo of the song i was like i don't know what was like i had this whole idea for like this other musical i was gonna write and um and then played this one song we just like sat in the porch and like cried together and we like just had a lot of feelings and like at that moment in our lives we were like both really feeling that thing and like just opened up in this way that i don't know immediately was like we gotta write this show and like the show that originally i was like just kind of like showing her the song to be like i don't know here's this idea for this other thing and then like we both just like latched on to this feeling in that song and we're like that's a musical like we should we should write this thing and like so it came from like a very impulsive like emotional place but with someone who i've like known for years and like wanted to work with for years so i yeah i guess i want (laughs) that sort of feeling i want to like cry on a porch (laughs) wait can i uh, just for my own curiosity like well which song was that it's called almost enough okay because i think the first song i heard from that show was only i can hear Uh only we can hear yeah yeah um and like the way you describe how you felt about that is like how I felt about that song. Like it, there was such like energy coursing through it that like was like screaming to be heard, you know, I like think it's the best. Um, so, but okay, cool. That was the, 
third song I wrote for the show. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> That's all, Rob. <laughs>